It's good to see you, church family. We are continuing our study this summer at looking at five devotions based out of Acts 2. And this week, we're going to be talking about being devoted to the church. And we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. If you want to go ahead and turn there with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. As a reminder, Dwayne Milioni, our senior pastor, is on sabbatical right now. He has a few weeks left. Talked to him the other day. It's been productive and restful. And so we are looking forward to having him back in a few weeks after we finish this series. There's a lady in Okeechobee, Florida named Mary Ann Franco, who in 1995 had an accident, a car accident. The result of that accident is that she was left legally blind. So for 20 years, she was not able to see. And then she had another accident in, in 2016, had to have surgery to relieve some pressure on her spine. She recovered from that surgery. She opened her eyes and she looked at this girl across the room and said, hey, you in the purple, will you get me something to drink? The person that was sitting there was astonished. This was her niece. For 20 years, her aunt hadn't been able to see and opens up her eyes and sees her. What was even more amazing is Mary Ann Franco, before the accident in 1995, was colorblind. Now she wakes up after her surgery, she can see, and she can see in full color. The doctors speculate as to why it is that this is the case, that she can see and, she can, and she's no longer colorblind, but they don't really fully know what it is that happened in this situation. And it says, the story goes on in the news to go on to say that uh, her daughter came to visit her and she just stared at her for hours. Because for 20 years, can you imagine this? For 20 years, she hadn't been able to see her daughter. And now she's able to see her in full color. The eyes, as they were designed by God, were restored to work like they were supposed to work. And when it's fully functioning, there's an incredible benefit that comes. Likewise, when we have various illnesses and other difficulties, whether permanent or temporary in our life, we, we recognize the pain that it brings, the discomfort that it brings, the obstacles that it provides for us. I was joking this year as my wife had her birthday and I, in the morning, told her happy birthday. I asked her what knew was hurting for this birthday. Because as you get older, that's just kind of what happens. The body that used to be in optimal shape just continues to break down and to work less and less efficiently. So when we talk about the body, when we use metaphors and analogies about the body, it's something that we can readily understand because it's something that we experience every day with our body. The pains, the functions, when it's operating right, when it's not operating right. And so as Paul in this particular passage talks to the church in Corinth, he uses this metaphor of a body to be able to describe the local church. And it's a way that we can understand what it is that this local church is designed to do and how it is that we should be devoted to it. You see, when we talk about being devoted to the church, we're not talking about being devoted to a building. We're not talking about being devoted to an address. We're talking about being devoted to one another. This that's sitting out here is the body of Christ. This is what we're devoted to, is we are devoted 
to one another. So the question that I want to ask you this morning is this, how do you know if you are devoted to the church? The answer is, is that you know by your desire and actions to fulfill the role that God has given you and to encourage others to do the same. You know by your desire and actions to fulfill the role that God has given you and to encourage others to do the same. Where we are in the context with the book of Corinth is Paul is talking to a very, very divided church. This book opens up with this church already in three different groups. Those that identified themselves as followers of Paul, those that identified themselves as followers of Apollos, and the super spiritual among the group that, that uh, identified themselves as followers of Jesus. Likewise, they were divided over some issues of sexual immorality. They were divided over issues of marriage, over issues of legal action against one another. They were even divided over the use of spiritual gifts and the assignment of spiritual gifts that God had given those within this local body. So we know in this context, he's speaking to a local church as he is speaking to the church in Corinth and likewise is speaking to us for here at Open Door Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, to hear these words, to be encouraged and exhorted to be devoted to the local church. What we learn here is that each member is called to play their role as a part of a body and each part is fulfilling its particular function. Now, at Open Door, the way that we design or the way that we determine who is technically a part of this local body is through what is called covenant membership. This is a, uh, that if you've been through our, our discovery class, this is a topic that we've talked about. Uh, it's a topic that you've seen in other churches. As a matter of fact, our church covenant reads the first part of the covenant this way. In affirming our purpose, mission, and statement of faith, we pledge to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to respond to the gracious provision of salvation in Jesus Christ with obedience, faith, hope, and love. Individually and corporately, we will seek first Christ's kingdom and his righteousness rather than pursue our self-interest. We pledge to make every effort to live in a manner worthy of our calling, to be exemplary in our conduct, and to treat one another with love, with respect and forgiveness. We promise to avoid sin, to abstain from sexual immorality in any practice which brings harm to the body or jeopardizes our faith. We promise to unite in regular worship, biblical preaching and teaching, fellowship, prayer, observance of the ordinances, which we get to do today, and where necessary, church discipline. We commit to watch over one another in brotherly love, to remember one another in prayer, to aid each other in sickness and distress, to show grace in our speech, to be slow to take offense and be ready for reconciliation without delay. You see in this concept, this idea of one another, not our own self-interest, but for everyone else that is a part of this local body of Christ. Now, covenant membership is not a term that I'm going to be able to turn to a particular passage in Scripture and say, see here, see right here, Christ or Paul says, be a covenant member of a local church. But yet the practical outflow of covenant membership is something that we see all throughout the New Testament as the local church is described. Covenant membership is this practical outflow of mutual identification. And it's different because it defines a two-way commitment 
the body of Christ to the individual and the individual to the body of Christ. Sam Storms made this comment. He said, covenant membership is simply the way in which an individual is known to be committed to all others in the local body of believers and how others are known to be committed to that individual. This is what covenant membership is. This is what we practice here at Open Door. So as we turn to our passage this morning, the first thing that I want us to see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is in verses 12 through 20. And I want us to see that devotion to the church is displayed by everyone fulfilling their God-given roles. Devotion to the church is displayed by everyone fulfilling their God-given roles. Verses 12 through 14, Paul says this, For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized into one spirit, into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. We look at this and we go, duh. We know that our body is many parts, but one. We sing the song, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. We know all the parts that exist with our body. Matter of fact, A.T. Robertson, famous Greek scholar, said this, that the point sounds like a truism. A truism is just simply that's just utterly obvious. Why did you state it? He says the point, the point sounds like a truism, but it's key to the whole problem of church life, both local and general. So it sounds like a truism, but this whole teaching is key to the whole problem of church life, both local and general. Verse 12, Paul says, just as the body is one and has many parts, all of the parts, all of the parts of that body, though many are one body. As I say, we know this. We know our foot is connected to our leg. We know our head is connected to our neck and our shoulders. We know these things. We can see them. We can look at ourselves and see it connected. We can look at others and we can see their body is disconnected. In other words, connected. It's not disconnected, floating around, around the room. But likewise, Paul says, just as the body is this way, so also is Christ. And he's talking about Christ's body in the sense of this local church. So he says, so also is Christ. Why is this the case? Why do we know this to be true? In verse 13, Paul says, for we were all baptized into one spirit, into one body. If you today are a follower of Christ, you have placed your faith in Christ, you have trusted in him for your salvation, then you have been baptized into the body of Christ by the spirit. You have been, your old self has been put to death and your new self has been raised. This is talking about the spiritual baptism, not the physical baptism that we practice back here that is a profession of our faith and is a representation of what has already happened in our life. For the Spirit baptizes us into one body. And this doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your ethnicity, whether Jews or Greeks. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, whether slaves or or free. Anybody who has been redeemed by Christ has been baptized by the Spirit into this body. Indeed, the body is not one part, but is many. As we look around this room today, as you look around this room, you are seeing the many parts that make up this body of this local body of Christ here at Open Door, all to play a role, all to call some, all to, to serve in a purpose to bring glory unto God. But as I said earlier, this is a divided church. 
All churches face some sort of division, some more than others, some significant to the place where unfortunately a church might split, some just kind of underlying between individuals for different purposes that are here. And Paul addresses that because in this context, in the first part of chapter 12, there's been a discussion about spiritual gifts, particularly about what is referred to commonly as the sign gifts. And what it was kind of looked at as the sign gifts. I want a sign gift. I want to be able to heal people. I want to be able to speak in tongues. Why don't I get to do that? This is the situation in which Paul is addressing the division that goes on in this church. So he, gets, he, he adds a little humor into the situation. He says, all right, let's take for instance here. Let's take this picture of this body and let's, for instance, see what happened in this situation where either envy or withdrawal happen because of the body being uh, at division with one another over the roles that they play. The first one that he uses is in verse 15. He uses the foot versus the hand. And then he uses the eye versus the ear. He says this in verse 15. He says that the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body. So not for that reason, any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body. Is it not any for reason less a part of the body? It'd be ridiculous. You can't say the foot is not a part of the body. It's connected to you. It's part of the body. But the foot in this case is looking at the hand and is envious. Think about it. Feet, they're grimy, nasty, they smell. Most people cover them up. Some people are, think they're yucky just in general and don't even want to touch them or even look at them. But think about the hands. The hands, what they're able to touch, what they're able to feel, what they're able to create, how they're able to connect with people. I shook some of your hands on the way in here. That connection that it's able to make with people. The foot looks at the hand and goes, I guess I'm just not part of the body because I just don't get to do what the hand does. And I'm jealous of it. So the foot says, I'm out. I'm done. What Paul says, you know what? Even if the foot says that, it's not true. The foot just hasn't left your body because it's jealous of the hand. As I said, Paul's being kind of using some humor and talking about this particular example that's here. It's it would be ridiculous for the foot to say that it's not a part of the body just because it declared it. Likewise, for the ear, the ear looks at the eye and says, I'm pretty jealous of the eye. You know, I'm an ear. I get wax in it. I have to have the hair cut out of it from time to time. People do silly things like wet willies and stick their finger in my ear. It's just nasty. The eyes, think about the eyes. They get to see the beauty of everything that's around. Even when it's silent, they get to see the picture that God has painted and, 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 and how it is that these express his creation. They're able to see it and they're able to take it in. In times of protection, they're able to close their eyes. The ear still hears everything. And so the ear in this case, in Paul's example, is being envious of the eye. And so the, the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm out. Paul says, nope, the ear isn't. Still there, still hearing, still carrying out its function, still doing what it's supposed to do, regardless of how envious and jealous that it is. 
But when the body has got division on it because of the fact that there is all of this jealousy or envy and or withdrawal, it harms the ability for the body to be able to do what the body is called to do. Think about that. When our foot falls asleep, we get up after some place and our foot or our leg falls asleep and we're now hobbling for a moment. And we're not operating optimally like God has designed our body to do because the foot isn't doing what it's supposed to do at that particular moment that's there. You see, what this is going on with the foot and going on with this ear is the individualism that we fight within the body of Christ. This isn't the body of Christ together. This is me as I define my role, as I see my importance, as I believe what is right for me to be able to do not as the connection within the overall body of Christ. The fact that they declare it doesn't change their state. From a practical standpoint, this is why why we here at Open Door, your membership status is not decided by yourself. Your membership status, both coming in and going out, is decided by this local church, this body of believers collectively. Because when we deal with these things and this sense of jealousy and the withdrawal, this individualism and this selfishness becomes focused on us and not focused on others as we are called to do. And the person wants to be able to come on their own terms, not from the terms of what scripture says or those that are given the leadership role or those that are given the ultimate say, as we understand scripture in this context is this congregation. So as we go on, he not only says here this idea of envy and withdrawal, but he also kind of another continues this humor with this sense of, let's just say everybody could choose what they wanted to do. Let's picture this as he goes on here in verse uh, 17. He says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? Or if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Can you imagine walking around and there's just a big ear laying there? All right? Or there's just this big eye rolling around. It's not able to experience the five senses. It's not able to carry out everything that it's called to do. It's just kind of, it's kind of humorous when you think about it. I, I think about a far side co- comic when I think about an ear or an eye just kind of laying around for those of you that remember, remember those kinds of things. And so here it is, it's just kind of the ridiculousness of our individualism and where it leads to in this sense of saying, I'm going to determine what it is that I am supposed to be. But what ultimately this is, is this is a rejection of God's plan and design. It's putting you in the driver's seat, not just against the local church, but against how God has designed his local church and designed you. You go on and look in verse 18, Paul shares this. But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. Think about that. God, the creator of the universe, the omnipotent God, the one who controls all things, has decided this is how I want to use you in the local body. And you, human, small in the creation, says, nope, I'm going to do my own thing. I remember growing up, or when my son was growing up coaching baseball, 
frequently would face the situations where a, a kid or a parent would come to me to let me know that they needed to be playing a different position. Whatever reason it would be, and my response would always be, thanks for the input, I'm the coach. In this situation, thanks for the input, but God has designed you how you are. And that is the role that he is calling you to fulfill. We basically find ourselves in the status of the original sin that Adam created where we think we know better than God. But that's not how it is that he's designed this. It goes on to say, as there, it says, and if there were all the same part, where would the body be as it is? And there are many parts, but there's one body. We would just simply look like a monster if we weren't created in the body that God has created us to be as the body of Christ. So we saw in verses 12 through 20 how devotion to this church is displayed by everyone fulfilling their role, but also we see how devotion to this church is also carried out by everyone being encouraged in their roles. So not just the fact that we are assigned these roles and fulfilling it, but we are encouraged to do it. Again, division within the church. Division within this church was not just those with what were called lesser spiritual gifts, envious of those that were, had, were deemed as greater spiritual gifts, but it was also pride and arrogance and rejection that was coming from those that had these showy gifts towards these that didn't. And Paul addresses this crowd in verses 21 through the first part of 24. Paul says that the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In this picture of the body of the sense of individualism, the pride of not the person who's jealous, but the person who is arrogant and prideful and looking at somebody else and saying, you are not worthy. That person has no ability unto themselves to be able to determine that. It is only as God has designed the body, it is only this congregation that is able to be able to determine who is in and who is out and who is a part of this particular local body. And likewise, he goes on to say that uh, on the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. This is contrary to how it is that the world thinks. The world thinks it's those with the platforms, those with the power, those with the finances, those with the ability to be able to lead are the ones that are the most important. But what God says is those that I've designed and those that he describes as weaker within the body of Christ are actually indispensable. He doesn't say that the others are dispensable, but you get the sense of the focus that goes on with these with these lesser gifts in verse 23. Matter of fact, it goes on to say that they're not only indispensable, but it says in verse 23 that as these parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Now, I don't need to go into detail into unrespectable and respectable parts but we clothe ourselves and we clothe ourselves for a reason. But still there's parts of us, our hands, our head, others that are part that are not clothed in this particular way or adorned in this particular way, but this entire body that we have is acting to do what God has called it to do. And likewise, those that are within the local church, 
that serve even in the unseen ways are indispensable and should actually receive greater honor than those that have showy gifts, like being able to stand up here and to teach you. I think about people in this local church that serve you in incredible ways. Some of you have a cup of coffee in your hand right now, or you did earlier. You know that there's people that show up every Sunday morning before you get here and make that coffee for you. You might not even know who they are. They're here to serve you. There's people downstairs. Unless you're a parent or you've recently been down there, you might not be aware that there are hundreds of volunteers throughout the year who are serving downstairs to love on your children, to love on the children of this church, to teach them about Jesus, to help them sing praises to God, to help love on them, to help show God's grace and mercy to them. There's people in a dark room back here that I can't even see right now because of the lights and you might not be able to, that are making it so that you can hear clearly. You can see clearly. There's people that are serving security to make sure that we are staying safe. All these people are indispensable and important to the body of Christ. They should never be in a position where they go, I'm worthless, I'm not needed, I don't wanna be a part. They're actually a major part and an important part. It reminds us of the words of Christ. But the first shall be last, and the last shall be first for these that serve. If God has called you to a role that isn't flashy, that doesn't get much attention, you should be joyous. You should love the fact of what God has called you to do because you play an important role within the local body of Christ. And so not only is this fact that the devotion is displayed through, this, every, through the idea of everyone fulfilling their gifts, and this devotion is also displayed by everyone encouraged in their roles, but the, four, the third thing that I want us to see and the final thing is that this devotion to the church is displayed by unity and mutual care. Unity and mutual care. The second half of verse 24 through 27. Paul says this, Instead, God has put the, the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for one another. God has designed the body in such a way that there should not be division. There should not be envy and withdrawal. There should not be pride and rejection. Instead, this body should work together as God has gloriously designed it to carry out its particular purpose. Why? So that there would be no division. So the church would not be divided. The church instead would be unified for the purpose that it has been called to. And that likewise, not just be unified, but also the mutual care that exists for one another. He says, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. You know, when I think about serving as an elder here at Open Door, there's lots of joys 
But one of the hardest things is when the body is hurting. When people are sick, when marriages are hurt, when people have lost jobs, you carry that. All of the elders do because of our love and care and concern for you. Likewise, one of the ways that you know that you are devoted to this local body of Christ is the fact that when there is hurt, as it says in verse 26, that if one member suffers, all suffer with it. I remember when I broke my little toe, who would have thought that such a little part of your body could cause so much pain? I felt it throughout the entire body, just this little tiny toe. And that's how it should be that when our members suffer, when they're facing sickness, when they're facing hurt, when they're facing marriage difficulties, it should hit us because this means the body is sick and the body needs repair and the body needs love and the body needs care. Likewise, we know we're devoted to this church when if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Think about it. Have you ever found yourself in a position where somebody was brought up here and was recognized for something that they had done and you left and you thought, nobody's ever recognized me. That was the focus. That's what you took away from that situation. Your devotion to the body of Christ is actually praise God for what that person is doing. Even if you receive no recognition at all for what it is that you do. This is how it is that God has called the body of Christ. When the members suffer, we suffer with it. When the members are honored, we rejoice with all of those that are honored. And we're reminded in verse 27 as he started this passage that now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. So as we kind of come to a close on this particular sermon here, it's talking about devotion to Christ. There's some questions that I want to ask you this morning. The first question is, is how do I become a part of this body? Well, I first want to speak to those that are not followers of Christ. There are many in this room who have already placed their faith in Christ and they have trusted in him, but there are some in this room that do not, have not placed their, their faith in Christ. In a minute, we're going to celebrate the, uh, the death of Christ, his broken body and his shed blood. And the truth is, is that you outside of Christ are a sinner who's an enemy of God, but yet Christ came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on your behalf, and was risen from the grave so that you could be reconciled to God. And all that's required of you is to confess your sins, to repent, and to trust in Him. Whether you're young, whether you're old, I hope that today is the day of salvation for you, that you hear that message and you say, I want to place my faith in Jesus Christ. That's step number one. The next thing is, is you talk to the elders here at the church or to Nate Aiken or the others that are on staff and you attend a membership class and find out what it means to be a covenant member of this local church. This is how it is that you become a part of this body that's here. 
Second question. Let's assume you're a believer and you're asking yourself the question, am I fulfilling the role that God has given me? This playing this part of this body that has been described here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First question or first thing that I want to ask you in fulfilling your role is have you covenanted together with a local body? Have you come not on your own terms, but on the terms of the congregation to say, I want to be a part of this local body? It's a way that you are identifying yourself as a part of that body, just like you did if you are married when you married your spouse. You see, marriage is something that's designed in Scripture. The actual wedding ceremony itself, the practical aspects of the wedding ceremony itself are not something that's explicitly laid out in Scripture. But we practice forms of those and that effort to express and display the commitment that we are going to have to one another as a husband and a wife. Likewise, we do that when we seek covenant membership with a local body of Christ. We are saying, I want to be identified with this body of believers. Also, am I fulfilling my role? Do you view your service as simply an infrequent act? For example, have you ever said or thought, I helped last month? That's an infrequent act. God's called you to serve the local body. Have you ever thought, I can do it if I have time? If you're in a situation where it's your schedule, it's your life that's in the driver's seat, not what it is that God has called this local body to do. Think about this idea of the body. Think about what it is if your foot just decided, you know what? Today, nah. Think about how annoying that would be. Some of you have physical issues and you know what kind of problem that causes. Well, when you aren't fulfilling your role as a member of this local body of Christ, keep that picture in your mind of that body not functioning properly because that's actually what's happening. All of the body is constantly in use. You feel this when something's hurting. You recognize that when you break your little toe, your entire body is, is involved with your little toe. You find out when you hurt your shoulder that it affects your sleep, it affects what you can do, it affects your job, it affects all these kinds of things. So think about that as you look at your service only as infrequent acts that are there. God has designed you to use your gifts and he has designed you to use them liberally not restrictively, liberally. That's how God has designed you to use your gifts. And also ask yourself the question, do I experience what the body experiences? When there is hurt in this family, do I feel it? Because if you don't feel it, you have to ask yourself the question, have I, am I actually committed in the way that I need to be in fulfilling this role? When somebody is honored, am I like, yes, Praise God. If not, then ask yourself the question, am I really committed to this local body as I'm supposed to be? Third question that I want to ask you, are you unhappy with your role? Are you the one that's experiencing envy and withdrawal? Do you see others exercising their gift and wish it was you? 
versus however it is that God has assigned you? Have you made a decision, I need to pull back? There's one time I was reading an application for somebody and it was talking about, this wasn't at this local church, but it was talking about how they serve in their local church. And the person said, and this is not to specifically point out anybody in the back row here, but the person said, my ministry right now is to just sit on the back row and sing and listen to the word taught. That is not how God has designed the body. God has designed the body for all of those to be engaged. So if you make a decision to pull back and think, this is my time to do this, this is not your time to do this. Confess your lack of faith in God's plan and how it is that he wants to use you and exercise your gifts with passion and however it is that God has designed you to serve. And also in that way that you do it, let me just speak to this particular matter. Don't tie your service in a local church to a program. I've seen too many times in local churches over the years where something changed, a program was in, and they're like, I'm done, I'm out. You have misunderstood how God has designed you to use your gifts if that's how it is that you define your service within the local church. Your service in the local church is regardless of the programs that happen. You should look at your connection with the local people in the body of Christ here at this church or whatever church that you're a part of more than just whether they have a program or not that you happen to have liked, but a mutual commitment that exists to one another. The fourth question I want to ask you, are you proud of your role? Do you look forward to your role and the response that you get afterwards? not the result that it brings about for the mutual edification of the body of Christ? Do you think it's a waste of time to honor those with lesser gifts? And does it bother you when your excellence isn't recognized? I ask you to confess your pride and say, this is not what it is that God has called me to in this local body. It's called, called to bring honor to the weaker members, to the indispensable members as described this here versus those that stand in the spotlight. Learn to focus, honor on those with lesser gifts, those that are serving, stop to thank them. Let them know how appreciative you are of what it is that they do, no matter how big or how small it is. As I close today, I want you to picture the body in perfect shape. When I think about this, I think about an athlete. I think about things like the Olympics. You watch what a body is able to accomplish when everything is working as it should. It's amazing what it is that's able to be accomplished. We have a mission. Our mission here at Open Doors is to love God and to love others and to make his gospel known. It takes the entire body to do that. It takes you fulfilling your role, no matter how big, no matter how small. And I encourage you to engage in that way so that this local body can be healthy, so that you can be devoted to this local body, not to a building, not to an address, but to the people that are around you. 
Your devotion to the local church is shown by everybody fulfilling their gifts, by everyone being encouraged to fill their gifts. And when this church is unified, and when this church is, expresses the mutual care that it should for one another. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it challenges us. Thank you that it hits us hard at times. Our hearts so want to go our own way, to do our own things at our own time. But you have called us into this local body that we call Open Door Church. You've called us each to fulfill a role. You've called us to covenant with one another. Lord, we pray for those that are here and have been here for some time that are not part of this body, but are regular attenders. We pray that you would impress upon their heart to identify with this local body through covenant membership so that we can serve together and fulfill the purposes and plans that God has for us. We pray these things in your mighty, wonderful, and gracious name. Amen.